Welcome to Wednesday's Word with Donnie. I am so glad you are here. Well, this is no surprise to anybody, but we are, what, about five months into our new COVID-19 altered lifestyle. And with with that has come some changes um, that we've all had to adjust to one way or the other. There's a quote that I came across that you probably have already heard. Uh, It came out in 2008, I believe it was, by the former mayor of Chicago, Rahm Emanuel. And here's what he said. You never let a serious crisis go to waste. And what I mean by that, it's an opportunity to do things you think you could not do before. Now, politics aside, That's a very powerful statement, and I think there's a lot of truth to that, Uh, because when you begin to break all that down and you look at the word crisis, uh, according to the Institute for Public Relations, it describes it um, in three phases. There's a pre-crisis, a crisis response, and a post-crisis. Now, the pre-crisis phase is concerned with prevention and preparation. The crisis response is when there must be an actual response to the crisis. Well, today in our time, we want to look at a very very familiar uh, passage in Scripture. Uh, It's referenced as the 23rd Psalm. And it's, it's one of those kind of passages that you'll see on bookmarks, pillows, coffee mugs, t-shirts, uh, pillows, and I go on and on. But with that being said, there is a lot of great words in that passage that we can draw strength from in such a time as this. So what we want to deal with today in using this passage is how you and I can lead through a crisis. Now, your leadership may be in the home. It may be in the workplace. It may even be in a church setting. And so whatever area that you are leading in, we're all leaders. We just don't all lead in the same avenues. So all of us are leading someone else. And so whatever measure of that leadership uh, looks like for you, uh, there is something that each of us can draw from uh, this passage. So let me begin there with verse 1. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I want, I have what I want, meaning I lack nothing. Now, if you are even somewhat familiar with the life of the psalmist David, then there's probably some episodes in his life that um, you can recall. And um, you have the David and Goliath episode. That was huge. That was monumental. As a young man, he took out um, the giant known as Goliath, and um, then as later in life he became king, and in the midst of him being king, he also um, 
took on some things that he should not have. I mean, he uh, he allowed, uh, you know, as we all do, sin in our life, and that sin led him to have another man killed, uh, just so he could have that man's wife. And so that was just part of the trouble that he had. He had trouble with his kids, and uh, so the list just goes on. But when David is writing this psalm. He is writing it from the point of it's not just mere words; it's a proclamation of the relationship that he had with the Lord, even in the midst of all his、uh, good days and bad days. But he, he's saying very profoundly, "The Lord is my shepherd," because David,、uh, if you know,、uh, was also a shepherd. At one time, and so he then grew and became king later in life, and so he references the Lord as his personal shepherd, and, and that is、uh, that he does make it personal because he says, "My shepherd," not a shepherd, but my shepherd. So he's he's making it real personal. And then he goes on to say, "I have what I need," meaning lacking nothing. Now, the definition of a need is to require something because it is essential or very important. Oftentimes, we will get a need and a want mixed up. A want is to have a desire to possess or do something or wish for, but a need is something that's required or deemed essential. In John ten eleven to verses fourteen,、uh, the passage says this: "I am the good shepherd." Jesus doing the talking. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, since he is not the shepherd, does not own the sheep, leaves them, and runs away when he sees a wolf coming. The wolf then snatches and scatters them. This happens because he is a hired hand. And doesn't care about the sheep. I, on the other hand, am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. So Jesus was saying there that those that belong to Him, those that have made a profession of faith, those that have committed their life to Him, they realize that there's、uh, more to this life than self. That they need something greater in their life, and.、Uh, Jesus' desire is that all men would accept Him by committing their life to Him and repenting of their sins because of what He had done on the cross by giving His life that we each should have everlasting life. So His desire is to shepherd each and every one of us. However, that doesn't always、uh, work out that way.、Uh, we have another passage over in Luke chapter 19, verse 10 that says, "For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost." So he had a mission when he came to this earth that he was going to seek and save those that were lost, lost in this passage, meaning those who did not have a relationship with him. So he came, and that still holds true today. The work that he did on the cross still holds true to seek and to save those that don't know him. So the first thing that we can find. Uh, in the verse one, is that he is personal. He is my shepherd, and, and 
if you're like myself, you can say that because I committed my life to the Lord years ago, back at age 11. A second thing that we can see in verses 2 and 3, listen to this verse. He lets me lie down or rest in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet or still waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right path for his name's sake. Now, what we find here is that he is provisional. He's finding, uh, he's allowing us to find a resting place. Now, dream pastures, uh, in studying or in reading a book by a gentleman by the name of Philip Keller, entitled A Shepherd's Look at Psalm 23, he himself was an actual uh, sheep herder at one time. So he wrote on the the conditions and the parallels of sheep physically raising sheep as it uh, merits to us as believers being sheep in the Lord's pasture and so he says in his book that the dream pastures and this makes sense if you think about it that in the dream valleys where the water is cool the grass is plush that that is where the sheep gain their strength because they eat and they eat and they drink and they drink and so they get their energy they get their rest and so they get their fulfillment of nourishment while they're in a valley now oftentimes uh, we will refer to in in christian life when a person is going through a, a difficult time, a struggle, you know, regardless of what that may be, it could be financial, it could be uh, marital, it could be um, the loss of a loved one, whatever that might look like, we typically will refer to that as a trial. And so in that trial or in that valley, that it could also, you say they're going through a dark valley, that's actually where we can rest in the Lord to get our strength to move forward in the days of the days ahead. Because in verse 3 there, he says, He renews my life. He leads me along the path of uh, the right path for his name's sake. So it's in that time of refreshment that we can be nourished and even though the valley is dark and even though the valleys are difficult to deal with and to go through we can not only rest in the goodness of the lord that he is going to take care of us but we can rest by what he provides for us as well so that can be a comfort now we move into verse four we find that he is our protector so one He's personal, my Lord, my shepherd. He is provisional. He provides us rest. He renews our strength. And then the third, he is our protector. Verse 4 says this, Even when I go through the darkest valley or valley of the shadow of death, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Something I want to draw your attention to Notice uh, if you're there with me or if you're just listening along that in verse 4 it says even when I go through. It doesn't say if I go through a dark valley. It says when I go through a dark valley. 
And so what that simply means is that at some point in time, each and every one of us, whether the person is a believer in and follower of Jesus Christ, or they have, uh, you know, they choose not to do that, regardless of that, you're still going to have valleys that you will go through. And that's just, that's just life. You know, this pandemic is, uh, can be seen as, as some type of a valley. But it says uh, in verse 4, even when, remember, not if, when I go through the darkest of valleys, I fear no danger. Because when we're in fear, we don't think straight. We spend more money than we should. And so we make crazy decisions that we do not, that we sometimes will regret later. But he says, I fear no danger for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, the rod and the staff was used for guidance and protection. Some say that that is one stick that the shepherd would carry. Others say that it was two different sticks. The rod um, would be used for uh, the protection and the staff would be for the guidance. Uh, you could you would have the hook on the end and you could retrieve the, the sheep when they would fall into a ditch or if they started to get out of line as you were herding them along, you could reach out and tap them. And the rod, uh, at one end of the rod would be, it would look like almost a knot tied, a real uh, rough, edge on it, rounded uh, knot-like edge. And so what that would be used for is the, the uh, shepherd would take that and if there was a wolf nearby or some predator trying to irritate the uh, sheep, then they would take that and throw it at the predator in order to run them off. So. Um, the shepherd had to be fairly good of a, a, a gamer, uh, you know, sportsman to be able to do that. And so it's interesting to see that he is also our protector. So even as we're going through tough times, one, we don't have to fear, and two, we can know by faith that he is going to take care of us and he will see us through. That's not just words, that is actual. And then we see in verse 5, the next thing is, He is present. Uh, Listen to what it says. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Now, to anoint a sheep, what the shepherd would do is they would take this oil-type ointment and they would rub it on the sheep's face around the nose and in the nostrils and I know if you're listening to this you're thinking oh gross what is up with that well let me share that what that is is that would keep the flies and the irritants away from the sheep because they would have this anointing cover uh, of oil on them and so it probably didn't look the best probably didn't feel the best but after it was applied it accomplished the task that it was meant to. So that way they wouldn't be little irritations. Well, the Lord is willing to do the same thing for you and I, you know, to to help us keep from getting so irritated. uh, We can just allow him to anoint us with his presence and his 
uh, overflowing um, ointment of, of coverage for us and he will help detain and uh, keep at a distance uh, our irritants. John 10.10 says this, A thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I, being Jesus, have come that you may have a life and have it abundance. Now, it doesn't always mean that you'll have a million dollars in your checking account. doesn't always mean you'll drive a new car every year. doesn't mean you'll always have the latest clothes in the closet. doesn't mean you won't get sick doesn't mean you won't have hard times doesn't mean you won't have valleys what it does mean is is that our life in Christ is going to be far better even on a bad day than it is with a good day if we're ser- if we're not serving him so uh, that we can find comfort in that knowing that he is ever present uh, and and will be ever present in our life if we choose to follow him and then last is that he desires our praise. So just to kind of recap, uh, one, we know that he is personal. Uh, Then we uh, saw that he is provisional. And then he is our protector. He is present. And then we come to the conclusion that he desires our praise. Listen to verse six. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. So as you and I begin to think back how good the Lord is to us, you know, even if a person is listening and they say, you know, I don't really ascribe to that. Um, I'm not really a religious person. That's okay, neither am I. Uh, because uh, religion is not what merits a, uh, a relationship with Jesus Christ. It is, uh, it is just that. It's a relationship. So religion, you know, doesn't i'm not a religious person but because of christ i am a righteous person and that's not putting me above anybody else that's what he has already said when we entrust our life to him and commit our life to him and accept him to be lord of our life then he desires our praise after all that he's done for us and how he provides for us and ever is present and uh, is our protector and be willing to be our shepherd then he desires for us to give him the honor and the glory and the praise for what he has done by giving his life, what he is doing, how he's working in and through our life, and what he will do when we say and continue to say through our obedience, yes, Lord. Well, that's all the time that we have today. But if you're listening to this and you would like to have further discussion on what it means for the Lord to be your shepherd as you lead through this crisis, then I would love to hear from you. You can drop me an email at dj at chaplain.org. dj, excuse me, djenkins at chaplain.org. Well, if you like what you hear, will you go give us a good review over at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and share this with your friends. Let them know and subscribe so that they can get the uh, podcast every week and get notified. Hey, thank you very much. God bless you. Have a great day.